Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1419 of JRE with Daryl Davis. And Davis only said a couple things that were wrong, or not wrong, but sort of misleading. But first I want to talk about some of the amusing KKK terminology that he did not mention. He got all the big all the big ones like wizard, dragon, but he left out some little ones that I thought were pretty funny. For instance, they have a bunch of words that are just a normal word, but then you put KL in front, such as claylif instead of bailiff. <laughs> and they do not uh, have congresses, they have clongresses. They also have cluds, which are their version of chaplains. Apparently this comes from the coldies, who were like Irish monks in the Middle Ages. And if you are an assistant to the Grand Giant, who is the leader at the county level, you are a goblin. Imagine, ha- first of all, imagine having a fantasy title like this instead of just a normal job title like secretary. But then not only that, you don't get to have a cool fantasy word like a wizard. You have to be a goblin. Similarly, if you are a voting member of a den, which are like the local chapters, you are a ghoul. The the groups that are called to try KKK officers, such as dragons and wizards, um, obviously not try in real court, try in like special clan court. That is called a Grand Council of Yahoos. And if you're just trying a everyday ghoul, not a officer, um, that body is called a Grand Council of Centaurs. These two in particular, I think, are really ridiculous. You, sh- you should have brought these up. They, they call the world of the clan both geographically, like their physical territory, and their immaterial world, their, the spiritual essence of the clan, you might say. They call this the Invisible Empire, which sounds like a book or a movie or something. It kind of sounds like a young adult novel. And everything else, everything outside the Invisible Empire, is the alien world. So you and I live in the alien world. Unless unless you're in the KKK and listening to this. I'm in the alien world. I'm not in the KKK. You could be. I don't know you. They also have their own calendar. Calendar with a K, obviously. I'm not joking. And it's divided into four, four eras. So first, there's the reign of incarnation and incantation which is everything that happened before the Revolutionary War, which is a pretty big span of time. I mean, that's most of human history right there. So this is the biggest era. Then there's the first reign of our incarnation and incantation, which goes from the Revolutionary War to the founding of the original KKK. 
Then after that, there's the reign of our second incarnation and incantation, which is from the founding of the original KKK to 1872, which is when Nathan Bedford Forrest dissolved the original clan. And the era we are in now is the reign of our third incarnation and incantation. So that's where we are now in history, in case you were wondering. And this calendar begins in March. I couldn't find a reason for this. Maybe they just wanted to be different. Just for for world-building purposes, perhaps. I'm not sure. But anyway, on to some minor corrections with what Daryl Davis said. First, he said that Bob White was a cop while he was in the KKK and that the cops just sort of ignored it. But I could not find anything to support this. Really, the only thing I could find about this issue that were not just other Daryl Davis interviews was a 1989 Washington Post article that said Robert White was a former police officer and basically says that he was a cop, and then he quit, and then he got arrested for this stuff. So I couldn't find anything for him doing both at the same time. But this really isn't that much better. I mean, it's not like you instantly become a racist when you put the the cone on. You know, you join because you're a racist. So he was probably a racist and a cop at the same time, which is the, you know, which is what Daryl Davis was getting at anyway. The only other things he really gets wrong or leaves information out about are when he talks about some of the politicians that he says were in the KKK. The first of which is Warren Harding. And there is only one source for Warren Harding supposedly being in the KKK. And that's that in the late 40s, former Imperial Clockard, spelled with the K, obviously, Alton Young told journalist Stetson Kennedy on his deathbed that he had secretly sworn Harding into the KKK while he was president. And then in 1985, the journalist Stetson told this to author Wynn Craig Wade, and that guy put it into various histories of the KKK that he wrote. So that's it. That's the only source. It's just this one dude on his deathbed. And most historians don't think that Harding was in the KKK. It sort of got back into the popular consciousness recently with the book Freakonomics. Um... But they've actually since taken it back and said that they don't think he, he was in the KKK just because there's not enough evidence. And Harding, you know, he wasn't like, he wasn't as historical as Obama when it came to like race relations, but he was the first American president to publicly denounce lynching. And he was a strong supporter of an anti-lynching bill that didn't get past the Senate, but still, he supported it. So, Warren Harding is barely remembered at all, so I don't think he deserves this reputation. 
it would be sad if the only time he's ever brought up is like, oh, you know, he might have been in the KKK. He probably was not in the KKK. The other president he he says was in the KKK was Truman. And technically, Truman was in the KKK, sort of. When he was running for re-election as a judge in 1924 in Jackson County, Missouri, which was one of those areas Davis talks about where the, the Klan was really big and, like, a bunch of the prominent people in town were in it, so you, you kind of had to join. His opponents in the race were backed by the the clan. They had the seal of approval. And so everyone was like, "Oh, Truman, you got to join or you're never going to win." So he he just he paid the $10 and he officially joined. And then this is where accounts diverge. So Spencer Salisbury, who was Truman's friend at the time, says that Truman remained a member for the political clout basically. But he says that Truman never actually did anything with the KKK. He never went to meetings. He never burned any crosses or anything. He just did it so that he could get elected. But historians don't really like this because Salisbury only said all this stuff after Truman had got him convicted for filing a false affidavit and they had a huge falling out and became enemies. And Truman's account of what happened is different. He says that after he joined, the Klan wanted him to pledge to not hire any Catholics or Jews if he won the election. And so he refused, and he demanded his $10 back, and basically quit. So even Truman's political enemy never alleged that he was seriously involved in the KKK beyond just being a token member. So technically, Davis is right. Truman was in the KKK, but he sort of phrases it in a misleading way that makes it sound like he was like wearing the cone and stuff. Now, the two, the two people he brings up that were really in the KKK, for real, are Hugo Black and Robert Byrd. So Hugo Black was a Supreme Court justice, and... He was a lot more involved than Truman. He went to meetings. He made appearances with them and all that stuff. He said various anti-Catholic things. And later he he said, oh, I just did it for the votes. It was just like token membership. I regret it. But he was, he was pretty involved, actually. And then Robert Byrd is the, the worst offender here. He wrote in a like private letter in 1946 to an imperial wizard that the clan is needed today as never before and that he was anxious to see its rebirth so that that is not like token membership that's like i'm all in like i'm down for like the fantasy terminology the ghouls the goblins and this guy robert bird is the longest serving senator in history from 59 to 2010. How did he get away with this? It's crazy. But then what Davis actually left out is that he really he really did turn it around. Like how Hugo, Hugo Black, after his career was over, 
said, oh, I, I take it all back. I'm so sorry. But this guy really turned it around like while he was in office. So much so that when he died, the NAACP called him a champion for civil rights and liberties and that he came to consistently support the NAACP civil rights agenda. So basically, he did a total 180, and it wasn't just after he was out of office. And I'm, I'm surprised that Davis left this out because he seems to be really big on giving people second chances and forgiving people who have been in these racist groups. So I'm not sure why he, he left this part out. Then while they're on the subject of how mainstream the KKK used to be um, when they're talking about these famous people, Davis says that the Klan used to have 4 million people in it in the 20s. And I was surprised to find that this is totally true. Um, Exact numbers are tough to find for obvious reasons, but anywhere in the 3 to 5 million range is widely accepted by historians. And Rogan was surprised by this and points out that that would be like 4% of the population at the time. But you can actually make it sound even worse than that by saying that it was 15% of the nation's eligible population, a.k.a. white men, because women couldn't join back then. So that is quite crazy and I thought worth elaborating on. Then the last thing I'll mention is that Davis says that the slogan, take our country back, that the Tea Party used, was originally a KKK slogan. Not the OG Tea Party that threw tea, the anti-Obama Tea Party. And he seems to imply that the Tea Party used this slogan for this reason intentionally, as a sort of secret signal or dog whistle, as would be the trendy way of putting it today. But I could not find anything about take our country back originating with the KKK. They obviously have used a bunch of similar slogans, but that specific phrase does not seem to really originate with them. So it's it's kind of a conspiracy theory to think that they were trying to sort of secretly court the KKK approval or whatever. I mean, the Tea Party was probably bigger than the KKK back when it was a thing. So overall, this is a good, mostly accurate episode, as evidenced by how short this episode of Investigate Joe Rogan is, because I just didn't have that much to talk about. Most of what he said was true. This guy had a great voice. Hopefully he comes back, or does that audio book that Rogan suggested. It's been a while since the last episode of Investigate Joe Rogan, because there were four MMA episodes in a row. What am I supposed to do? There was nothing to investigate for a while. But I'm back now. And I got a new mic. Very high production value. It's going to be great, guys.